0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber,
1: Dub them ease. And
0: how you doing today, Mark? How you doing? This week, doing is good. it going good for you? Well,
1: it's been a long week. I'm a little tired, but you
0: know. What are you going to do? It's Wednesday. We are also recording, like you said, Wednesday. It's a mm-hmm. whole day later Yeah. because of you. I'm just yep. throwing it out there to everyone. I'm p- throwing you on the bus it's because of you. I have a lot, of, a lot of work to do. A lot of work. To do. A lot of work at our real jobs yeah. that we had to do. But we are still here to bring you a jam-packed show like we always do. That's kind of the MVP thing. Or it's the Ricky Widmer. MVB nothing thing. but jam Pack shows I, I haven't figured that out yet completely but we're going to be talking about some sammy Bradford and some comments that he made this week we're also going to be looking at the officiating in the nfl and how that ties to the baltimore ravens and then we're going to be looking at some comments a little story that mike shanahan dropped on us this week but before we get into all that if you support the show each and every week by liking and subscribing if you're new and you want to give that little extra support, go ahead and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. It's just a little way for the fans to give that little extra support if you're inclined to. And hey, if you give just a little bit, you can get an exclusive podcast just for Patreon patrons. But we're going to get right into it. And we're going to start in the city of brotherly love, as they like to call it. I don't know if there's ever been brotherly love in that city, but Philadelphia. And just one day, Mark, after basketball fans in Philly were celebrating that they got the number one pick in the NFL draft, Sam Bradford came out with uh, NBA. with some comments. I said NFL draft. See, I've got football on the mind. The NBA As draft.
1: Should. As you should.
0: I've got football on the mind all day, every day. But Sam Bradford came out with some comments, and I'm going to drop them on you before we talk about All it. Right. And I quote: He said, "Drop says, it upon me, Ricky. This was about them trading to get Carson Wentz." He says, and I quote: "When I first found out about the trade, that would be the one for the second overall pick, I was frustrated. I needed some time. I could have stayed here, but I'm not sure my head would have been here. Obviously, there's no provinces promises in this business." It wasn't a long-term deal. It was a two-year deal. I was well aware we talked about that. And he goes on about his agent, how he felt about the trade. And the one thing I did like that he said at the very end was, you know what, I demanded the trade because obviously he felt hurt. But he's going to come in, he's going to do his job. He kind of felt like the team was being taken away from him, but he's going to come in here and work hard until that happens, basically until Wentz pushes him out the door.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a uh, lose-lose situation for Sam Bradford because there wasn't a market for Sam Bradford. Mm I don't know why the Philadelphia Eagles gave him this deal in the first place. There really was no market for him. Well,
0: why Chip Kelly gave him this deal in the first place?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, problems have been solved uh, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like I said, it it was a lose-lose because... For Sam, for Sam Bradford, he couldn't get traded anywhere, so he had to come back. He didn't want to come back because he had made this statement, and once you make a statement like that, you gotta hold true, you mm-hmm. gotta hold strong. And I actually kind of don't like the fact that he's back because I, I, in my, in my heart of hearts, I feel if you were gonna do that, you have to show some balls and you have to have held out for a reasonable amount of time, even if you know you're gonna come back. At least miss some practice,
0: because mm-hmm. uh, we ain't talking about practice.
1: And the problem with that, though, is that Carson Wentz, the longer Carson Wentz gets that first-team reps, the more likely it is Sam Bradford loses that job. So he's going to look like he doesn't have any backbone mm-hmm. because he came back early and is now saying, sorry, guys, I was just hurt. I actually like what he said. I like the explanation. I like the rationale because it's very human. He's just saying, hey, I was hurt. I felt like I was being pushed out. I took some time to think about it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to make the most of what I got. You know, that's all he's doing. The one thing I actually would have liked to see out of Sam Bradford, just some little competitive edge, is for him to not kind of allude to I'm here until I get pushed out, is him to go, no, "No, I'm going to win this job and keep it. Yeah, this is my job. They can worry about you know number two overall mm-hmm. later but I got two years and it's my two years at least if I don't come back and do well, more
0: really it'd be his one year because last year was the first year of his two years in that's, Philly. that's true but if you're Sam Bradford the way you got to think about this and I kind of feel like he's kind of at that point and I hope it really falls on the Eagles if he gets to live this out to flour- fruition but He's got to make the word. This is a contract year for him. Basically, this Not year. Not in
1: Philadelphia, but somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, no, this,
0: and I was going to get to, this should be an audition year. You know what? Because there's going to be a team that may need a quarterback. And the teams that I'm looking at right now that could be in a need for a quarterback, the New York Jets, depending on if Christian Hackenberg pans out. I know that they took Hackenberg, but depending on if that works out, Cleveland could be in the market for a quarterback because who knows if yeah, RG three they're going to draft one. But if you could get if Sam Bradford has a lights out season, they can go with the vet and then use two top ten picks on other areas of their team, kind of like they did this season. Or there could be other teams like I don't know. We could finally see maybe the Arizona Cardinals needing a quarterback, and instead of drafting because. The way I put it in my way too early mock draft, because according to footballoutsiders.com, they've got the last pick. So that means they're the Super Bowl champs. If Which, they, if that happens, Carson Palmer yeah, rides walks, off into the sunset. He, walks, he so. elways it, he mannings it, he becomes Peyton Manning. But equal if, Manning. Equal Manning. I forgot. Yeah. Eli and uh, Peyton are equal now. Yeah. They're both equal Manning. But if that happens, the Cardinals could be in the market for a quarterback. So. If you're Sam Bradford, you are playing for a job somewhere else. Who knows? Maybe the Bears trade Jay Cutler and they need a quarterback. Anything can happen in an entire year's worth of time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: And I, it for me, I think Carson Wentz everybody's gonna say he's the guy who needs to sit mm-hmm. longer, you know, if he, you've got Sam he Bradford start later give him a than year. sooner.
0: Give him a year.
1: Exactly. So let Sam Bradford play out this entire year. That's what's really going to be the way to do it. Uh, That's really what you want. And honestly, there's no need for Carson Wentz to show up this year. There might not even be a need for him to show up next year. uh, If you can pull something else off and maybe get another, I don't know if you want to get another journeyman quarterback in here. But having him just sit and learn is going to be great. That's what you want to do. Uh, I I appreciate the way Sam Bradford came up. He owned everything, and he explained himself very, very well. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any lingering doubts or any questions when it comes to Sam Bradford anymore, Uh, at least with this stuff. The questions, of course, are going to be the on the field, you know, his his play on the field. But we're going to see that soon enough because— it's time for practice. It's time for the mm-hmm. you know preseason to come up soon enough.
0: The OTAs, which have already started, mm-hmm, which
1: Sam Bradford apparently looked pretty decent. He looked pretty good uh, for day one. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to me to see if Sam Bradford can, in fact, do well in Philadelphia this year. And launch himself into yet another contract that doesn't really make sense. He doesn't really deserve uh, because this man's been overpaid every single you know every single you know day I, of his NFL career.
0: You know what I still remember, and this is going into the wayback machine uh-huh. and opening up the vault to uh, past onside kick shows when Dave Oster, who's now a part of the Fast Break podcast, when he used to be on the onside kick with us, mm-hmm. I remember. I don't remember which injury it was, but I remember it was the week Bradford got Take injured. A pick. Yeah. What did Dave say that first podcast? Because he can't stand Sam Bradford and his he injuries. Hates Sam Bradford. He's just like, good. Thank God. Because I mean, it's terrible to say that when someone gets injured, but that's how Dave felt. I still remember that mm-hmm. to this day. It seems like he's always getting injured each and every year. It's
1: interesting too cuz Sam Bradford if you remember was the last quarterback to get paid before the the new the deal. hike. Yeah, mm-hmm. before they said nope, we're the cutting set, this off. like
0: rookie salaries. Yeah,
1: exactly. He was the last one to get that mm-hmm. huge monster deal. So there's always been this kind of weight and this kind of pressure on him and this hype about him and he's just never lived up to it. If we honestly if he was getting paid the same amount that let's say you know, that Andrew Luck got paid, you know, that uh, a number one quarterback after Sam Bradford's year is getting paid, there would not be all this hype about him or all this kind of expectation, all this kind of, I don't want to say resentment. I don't think that's the right word, but all we're all looking at it. We all look at him and his contract and we're like, wow, didn't live up to that. But if he was just getting paid what an RG3 or an Andrew Luck got paid, Mm -hmm. I don't think we'd have that. You know, I don't think we'd really make that big of a deal about Sam Bradford, but it's the fact that he keeps getting paid that we, we keep holding on to this idea and keep going, man, really? You just can't get it forward? You're a really big disappointment? You know, we look at him as such a big bust, if not one of the biggest busts since, you know, guys like Ryan Leaf. That's the way people look at Sam Bradford, and it's really just because of that contract. Just because You're of that saying contract the, the
0: mega one he got. As that last kind of yeah. rookie mega contract. Mm-hmm.
1: People just kind of look at him that way. And I, it's unfortunate for Sam Bradford, but that's the reality of what it is. He's got all that extra pressure on him, and he has not lived up to it.
0: And the one thing I'm thinking in my head is I'm trying to come up with a comparison of, because part of me in my head is like, man, I have seen this before. And the first one that came into my head, maybe it's because um, we're here in Chicago. However, it doesn't fit after I looked at it, it doesn't fit. I thought, oh, kind of like Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton when Kyle Orton got pushed out. But I'm like, no, he got pushed out by Cutler. Yeah. And I guess if you put the microcosm on the season of Orton was the starting quarterback in 2005, and then the only full season Grossman had was '06. That was the Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know what I'm talking about because you'll forget. I remember the year. You I remember the year don't the remember playoffs. how it ended.
1: I don't remember how that season ended, and that's a good point. I do remember Devin Hester returns a kickoff for a touchdown for the first time in NFL history in the Super Bowl.
0: But you know what's a better comparison, I believe, to this? Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Because Drew Brees was from San Diego, or, yeah, San Diego from 01 to 05. Phillip Rivers came in 2004, was his first year. Phillip Rivers set two years and then in 06, Phillips our guy. What did the Chargers do? They shipped Drew Brees off to New Orleans. I could see a similar thing happen in here for the for the Philadelphia. That Sam Bradford
1: wins a Super Bowl? The
0: only difference the only difference is I could see it as when sits two years. Bradford gets this year, Chase Daniels gets next year. Then Chase then, Daniels
1: wins a Super Bowl.
0: And then Wentz is your starter in, what would that be, 2016 mm-hmm. to 2018 Wentz is your starter. Would I love that? No, because the second overall pick, I think mm-hmm. if if Wentz doesn't start next year, Philly burned the, burned the whole thing to the ground.
1: So the real question is, when does Chase Daniels, what team does Chase Daniels go to and when does he win a Super Bowl?
0: He's going to go to... Oh, he's got to go to a South team. Mm-hmm. So maybe in that time, maybe he goes to the. Oh man, all the South Who could team need team a new court, quarterback. Yeah, the Falcons, unless they want to move on from Matty Matt Ice Ryan. is
1: About what? Thirty-one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they want to move on from Matt Ryan, I mean, yeah. they're the, they're the only team unless he goes to the Saints. Boom. Drew Brees Drew is Brees almost is done old too. He's yeah. almost done in this league. And I mean, if you're thinking, well, Ricky Philip Rivers was almost in the same boat as Wentz. Hold your horses. Philip Rivers was a fourth overall pick, not a second overall pick. Yeah, so calm down, guys. Th- that's why. Because he was double the pick choice. You take mm-hmm. Wentz's and times it by two, that means that's that extra year. So Therefore, because you can divide...
1: Daniels will win two Super yep. Bowls. So he'll
0: win two Super Bowls with the Saints. For two different saying. teams.
1: <laughs> two Super Bowls, two different teams. It's really impressive. But at I, the same time.
0: But part of me feels like I can't fault Sam Bradford for this situation. And the reason being is if you look at a different story from the Eagles, there are rumors out there that during the middle rounds of the NFL draft that the Eagles fielded and received calls from teams, mainly the Niners, about trading Darren Sproles. And Darren Sproles is not happy. And even though he says he's, oh, my not going to OTAs isn't because of this, Let's be honest, it's because of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just a messy situation for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this team, you know, I, I kind of feel like the locker room.
0: Was Chip Kelly really the problem? That's what I'm starting to think. I don't even necessarily think was it's— he really no, the he problem. was. He was a big problem. But was he the sole—like, it's one of those things where I think in my head, okay, we're not letting you completely off the hook, but were you the only crazy kook in the kitchen?
1: Well, I think— he kind of also, there might be some other, you know, crazy cooks like to the use elder. your reference. Um, but he kind of fostered this culture uh, that was not healthy and was not working out well. And it's still there. It hasn't gone away yet. And it won't go away yet.
0: It you know, won't you go kind until Peterson kind of works his magic and says, okay, I'm going to implement my system.
1: So the Philadelphia problem, I honestly, I, I don't expect great things from this team. I don't expect bad things from this team. or I should say I don't expect terrible things from this team. I think they'll be pretty all right. But I I really think that it's just kind of this team that's going to be going through some growing pains for a little while. Uh, And the future success of this team, in my eyes, really depends on, it's weird to say this, but Sam Bradford being good enough that Chase Daniels doesn't have to start. Because if he has to start, I don't think he's going to do that well. And then he is going to lose that job, even if it's not this season that he loses it to Carson Wentz, but it's next season that he loses. And Carson Wentz is a starter from day one of the following season. I think Carson Wentz needs more than just one year. He can do the Aaron Rodgers of being very, very successful, Mm -hmm. but he needs more than just one year. It didn't just, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't just happen in one year. He had a lot of time to sit there and learn and watch Brett Favre play, but not talk to Brett Favre. Um, well, yeah, you don't talk Brett, to Brett Favre, Favre said,
0: sit down, kid. It's kind of like the Tom Brady Garoppolo relationship. Or the. Garoppolo, uh, I know. I said it wrong. The Peyton
1: Manning with, Brocky, you sit your ass down. I'm still going to play.
0: Can't find- it's kind of like Friday Night Lights. Where's my helmet? Where's my helmet? <laughs> Rookie
1: puts yeah.
0: on the helmet and goes out there. And yeah. then he gets injured. Well, yeah. That's what happened in season two. Well, let's not yeah. worry about that yeah. right now. Booby Miles got injured. Spoilers. Yeah. Booby Miles. Right hey, spoiler dude here. Yeah, now, that's try- true. Trying to be as famous as that. Uh, U- Did you see that Utah State uh, Snapchat story? No. About Spoiler Girl? No. Where I guess she would go on the Snapchat and do spoilers hmm. for movies. Interesting. She gave a spoiler to Shrek, in case you not saw Shrek. Shrek. Not not Shrek. I mean, you, you don't want to spoil that, but yeah, I just think with That's the Eagles, it is a classic. But Donkey, with, <laughs> Donkey. Why, how, why do I do this? Why I don't know. Why you do I get up. a track, But now people are going to be like, "Why the fuck are they talking about Shrek?" But final line on the Eagles, it's messed up, and is it? Are they going to change anytime soon? I'm going to say no because my honest opinion and Eagle fans, you're not going to like me. I'll say it now. I'll say it for the rest of the season. You're my team that last year the Niners were my number one pick team. You are my number one pick team. However, wait a second. You don't get the pick. The Browns do. Browns yeah, are my number bummer. one pick team via the Eagles.
1: I make, that would make you feel really bad about that Carson Wentz trade um
0: especially if he comes in and he's kind of well, a dud that be, first year
1: especially because if they are the number 1 pick that means Sam Bradford was terrible
0: and that means they could have gotten Deshaun Watson this year and didn't have to trade for months. Yeah,
1: you kick San, you're going to kick Sam Bradford out of there Chase Daniels is not going to be good enough to keep the job when you got the number 2 overall pick sitting there under and everyone's going to go you know where the where is Carson Wentz where is this guy who we drafted i want to see
0: him play and you can possibly give the brown the browns this draft if everything holds the form in the college football season uh-huh they can grab the quarterback in the future in Deshaun Watson and the running back in the future in Leonard Fournette yeah and just be fucking set like Pretty much. try try getting ba- getting past those two Like, you're setting up your two top positions on offense for years to come because they hit the wide receiver position this year in tenfold. But we're going to move on, Mark, to our next story. And this one, this conversation, we're going to look at the NFL, but I feel like at the end maybe it's because I'm not just a football guy. Like, football's my main sport, but I like other ones too. Football's the best sport, yeah. I'm focusing a little bit on basketball at the time, and they're having – Similar officiating issues right now. So we're going to take this, microscope it on football, and then at the end of this conversation, we're going to kind of put it out globally to just a sports-in-general kind of a discussion. But basically, if you have not seen, the Ravens have a plan. And their plan is basically, it's very simple. Everything except pass interference and holding are reviewable. Mm -hmm. So anything that's not a judgment call Like pass interference and holding, for example, boom, it should be reviewable by the upstairs, by the challenge flag, should be reviewable.
1: Yeah, they're basically saying that, you know, it seems like every year we're adding something else that's reviewable. So instead of waiting 10 years for all this stuff to be reviewable, Mm -hmm. let's just do it now. Yeah. We'll just get to it. Now, I do want to say that, of course, you know, why, someone might be thinking, why are the Ravens the one doing this? But let's not forget, last season, The referees, they completely missed a false start by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And because they missed that, the Jacksonville Jaguars got to kick a game-winning field goal. And then, of course, the Ravens lose. Nothing inspires a team quite like getting fucked over by the refs. Mm -hmm. Nothing will inspire a team quite like that. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting. um, But, honestly, this is my whole—this is the one thing I have issue with when it comes to all these reviews Football games are long enough, and they have enough breaks in them. I really don't want to start having more and more plays get reviewed.
0: Here's the thing. I knew you were going to say that, which first off, my point is the NFL should be fucking just drooling from the mouth Mm -hmm. by hearing more breaks. Because, Yeah. yeah, there's more ads that you can fit into shit, but... Here's the thing, because... But they're not
1: dumb. They know people tune out.
0: The fans like us don't want to see commercials. There's a reason I watch Red Zone. Because when they go to review, Red Zone switches to another game. And then when that review's over, I can go back to that game. Mm -hmm. That's basically why I watch Red Zone, so I don't have to deal with commercials. But they could do this in a smart way to where the, the way I see it, the referee on the field... Shouldn't have to make the call. The thing I never understood was why does he have to be the one to step in under the hood and make the call? They should have a guy in their replay center that it's like, okay, your job is this fucking game. And while everything is going on, you're kind of a little bit on delay watching things like And then as soon as you see something, all you got to do is hit a button. It buzzes the main ref. Okay, what's going on? And it's not an under-the-hood thing like, let me make a decision, let me see. It's more of, hey, you see this? Yeah. Okay, that's the call. Okay, boom. Take the headset off. You're done. Mm -hmm.
1: But the one thing I think, of course, the the one thing I want to point out in that one is, You definitely are going to have, that guy's not, if he's on a delay or something like that, that guy's not going to have enough time to make those calls before the next play is called.
0: There's a way, like that was just me kind of just speaking Mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Because in order for that to happen, there has to be stops
1: constantly.
0: There's a way we can, like I feel like there's a way that we can make this work.
1: You know what happens in that case though? If there's a guy, if I'm a coach and I know there's a guy up in the sky and he is watching all these plays Mm -hmm. carefully, we're going to no huddle it. I'm not letting him do shit. (laughs)
0: That's a good point. Because
1: the referee there, I'm gonna assume you know he's gonna make Mm -hmm. some mistakes. We're going no huddle. That guy's not stopping a single play.
0: And I mean, with officiating, the one thing you got to think of is there's obviously a human element. Yeah, there's like baseball's been the sport. Baseball's the best. They've been the. We're gonna let the umps be the ump, Mm -hmm. but. And uh, I, this is not a football discussion, but I'm going to throw it in there anyways because it fits the officiating discussion. It's like Mike Rankin was – I think it was either on one of our live streams yeah. or talking to me before one of the – behind the pens. He can't stand the K-Zone in baseball because the one thing he says is baseball has been like, oh, well, we want to embrace the human element. Mm-hmm. But then you show me wrong calls on every, like almost every pitch. You show me blatantly wrong calls. If you yeah. want to embrace the human element, don't show me the K zone because mm-hmm. you're basically sometimes showing me when the ref is wrong. And to bring this back to football, the reason why me and you are having this discussion isn't because John Harbaugh. It isn't because Ozzie Newsom. Got screwed out of a game. The reason why we are having this discussion right now is because of the world that we live in. We live in the social media world. The generation of social media. I could take a poop and tell you about it when it's happening. Would I? Probably not, because you don't need to know a lady when and where recently I recently on
1: Facebook live, like Facebook lived having a baby.
0: Yes, I, I heard yep. about that on the radio. Yep. Where they, I Everything's guess. out. I guess now some uh, hospitals won't even let you, this is off topic, but mm-hmm. some hospitals won't even let you bring a regular camera into the delivery room That's anymore. Fine by me. Because of uh, mal uh, malpractice uh, suits. Oh, yeah. That, but that they're worried about getting sued. I don't want to watch that. I don't either. I,
1: I'm not even 100% positive I want to be in the room the first I, time.
0: If I'm having a kid, mm-hmm. I don't need that for proof. I've got the proof running yeah, around. It's there.
1: <laughs> you can see it on the credit card bill every
0: month. Oh, now, now you sound like my father. Right? But back to the officiating. We live in the Twitter world where if a ref makes a bad call, somebody's got it. Somebody's found found a way to put it on video, to put it on Twitter. And boom, it's mm-hmm. out there for everybody yeah. and their grandmothers to see.
1: Not even to mention the fact that it's one thing if you know. Uh, let's just use you know Mark Schlerer for example. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if he's sitting there judging the call and he's analyzing it. No, um, but this is just the
0: call just on loop. The yeah, play on exactly.
1: Loop. But you have this now where. Every single person can go and take this image or take this still and draw all over it, and they can enhance it. They can do whatever they mm-hmm. want, and they can make their, their judgments, their opinions, which could be right, could be wrong. Well, Not, e- not that Mark Schlerf even, can't be right or wrong I'm not either. even
0: saying that, not enhancing anything. Just having the clip, because how it used to be in the day was the call happened. And, and got you got over it. Well, And if you saw it, it was like, wow, that was a bad call. Mm-hmm. But nobody talked about it beyond that, unless you were really pissed about it. Because we never had that like constant proof. It's put on Twitter, and then a million people, the people in the millions, retweeting mm-hmm. it, and it keeps like getting a bigger reach. And then
1: it shows up on Facebook trending. that yep. it's trending or on Twitter, Twitter. trending. It's, well, that's what you, They start to cross instant. into each yeah, other. Yeah, everything yeah.
0: is instant now, and mm-hmm. that's what it's the world we live in today, where. Refs are going to be—they're put under the microscope because we expect we expect them to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Will they ever be perfect? No, no. But it's one of those things where you got to be right most of the time.
1: And that's honestly, though, I don't think that the uh, I don't think that the Ravens are going about it correctly by saying, well, "Let's just review everything except for a few things." I think really what the NFL needs is to have a comprehensive. I guess ref camp or something, and really just address and fix the issue. Mm-hmm. These refs obviously are out of sync. Well, let's get it back, let's get it fixed, let's get everything taken care of because it's not this. Is, this is what an issue is. Something I would love, and I this isn't an original idea, but I don't remember where it came from. I don't remember whose article this was. Um, is why don't we just Say, okay, CFL or Arena Football League, whatever, cut it out. Minor football league. Like let's get a real minor mm-hmm. league football.
0: Doesn't even have to be thirty-two teams. Kind of like the AHL for hockey.
1: Yeah. If anything, you could have you can even have professional teams share a team or something mm-hmm. like that. Um you know, obviously there's complexities to that, but let's not worry about that right now. Why don't we get something to where it's real rules? They can play while we had the real NFL in an off season, and, and it doesn't, even have, to, it doesn't refs, even have to really be televising them in the minor league. Yeah, let these refs go and keep that practice and keep things up, or even have like minor league refs essentially. Mm-hmm. Where hey, ref A is really messing up some calls. You get back down in that minor league, this guy who's been rocking it. All right, you're up. You know, just something. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something done differently well, because the same thing that the NFL is doing of just kind of. Oh, let's review more plays. This isn't fixing the actual issue; it's just treating the symptoms. Of refs are making mistakes.
0: Well, and I feel like for the for the Super Bowl, doesn't the NFL have a rule where in order to officiate a Super Bowl, your kind of refereeing
1: record it's supposed to be like an all star group? Yeah, it has to yeah. be
0: like really fucking good. But
1: and the issue with that too is you put all these guys that have never been refed, you mm-hmm. know, who never refed together, you throw them together. And people don't people underestimate this. They don't realize that for these for these officials, they are working with the same group well, and every week.
0: And that's and what I, I love about chemistry. And that's what I love about college football. And of course theirs is a little bit easier mm-hmm. because like, for example, Oklahoma and Clemson played each other in the um one of the semifinal games. Okay, we'll have a big ten group. The Big Ten crew, like the best Big Ten crew from their conference, you get that game because you're getting the best crew from that conference. Plus, it's an outside conference. You don't have to worry about them. Like Big 12 siding with the Big 12, ACC with the ACC. Oh, we've got Alabama and um, whatever, the Pac-12 guys. These are the best crew out of the ones that are not in this game. Mm -hmm. You guys get it. That's what I feel like. I feel like that needs to be taken into, like, what you said, the crew. Like, oh, well, this guy's fucking up our crew rating. Let's get him out of here and get somebody else in here. Yeah. Because it is all about teamwork and being on the same page. And the more you work with somebody, you kind of get a feel for them and, like, what they're going to see and what you have to focus on. And I know each ref has their own job, but kind of that little feel Mm -hmm. for somebody, kind of like how a real team works. I feel like, too, hockey does it pretty well, too, with the replays and stuff. Yeah, they do. They're ones where it's. But they don't stop it all the time. They don't stop it all the time. But in the playoffs, they'll stop it Mm. more so than they will in the regular season. I just feel like for football, we've had too many moments where it's like, oh, that was a bullshit call and it ended a game. The way I see it is I know. I know referees have this. You hear it all the time on ESPN. He didn't make, it could be basketball, it could be football. He didn't make the call because he didn't want, he did not want to influence the end of the game. The big one I'm going to throw out there that didn't happen in football, happened in basketball this week, game one of the Thunder Warrior game. Russell, Russell Westbrook, as he's calling a timeout, slides. Technically a travel. Ref doesn't call it. Everyone's saying, well, he he didn't make that call because he didn't want to put a fingerprint on the end of the game. The way I see it, and it's kind of playing devil's advocate. Because the way I want to say, well, fuck it. You know what? If it's the fucking call, you make the fucking call. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. If it fits the rule book, you make the call. However, you go back to Jordan, his last shot. Should have been a foul on Russell. Um, Reggie Miller, and I know I'm using basketball references now, but that's what I saw in Sports Center because they were talking about basketball games. Reggie Miller, when he had the whatever points in whatever seconds, a little bit of a push on Greg Anthony. They didn't make the call. They didn't want to put that fingerprint mm-hmm. on the end of the game. And you can even put it in football too. Oh, we didn't call. Look at the Dez Bryant, the catch. Well, I'm calling it a catch because it should have been a catch. The mm. Calvin Johnson call. Those are things where... Th- Although that, Calvin Johnson is the opposite Johnson, of what you're saying. The, the, I was just going to say, he is the opposite of yeah. That's when they did... But everybody, and that was a different the rule. The Oakland
1: Raiders fans out there will love this one. The tuck rule. The
0: tuck rule. The tuck rule.
1: Mm-hmm. the tuck rule is a clear example of a referee not wanting to interfere. But they've there's this awesome study. Uh, I forget which... Bo- I own a book and it's... Got the study in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it references the tuck rule. But then it talks about baseball and how when the, you know, like when the score is tied or like when the bases are loaded, when the, you know, when it's a full count, the referee, or not referee, the umpire is going to be less likely to call a strike in certain situations because they don't want to, they don't want to leave it up. Or no, it's that they're less likely to call a ball. Because they don't want to walk the guy because then it's the umpire doing it. But if it's a strike and the guy strikes out, then it was the pitcher and the batter doing it. So they're more likely to put... It's not even a conscious thing. They're just more likely to do that because they don't want to be the reason for anything. Well,
0: and there's also a thing on that where I feel like with umpires and baseball, if you have a pitcher that's kind of painting the corners, Mm -hmm. but they're technically balls... And you're not swinging at them because you think they're balls. Some of the umps are going to be like, well, fuck it. We got to have these guys swing the bat. May call a few of those strikes. Mm-hmm. So you start swinging at them. Or if it's like how many times have we seen bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes, it's really close, and they call a ball. Because they don't want, they don't it, the guy didn't swing, they don't want to punch him out of looking, they rather have him swing and like, oh, he just missed it, mm-hmm. so it's a strike. Yeah. How many times have we seen? Oh, well, that could have technically been pass interference. Look at the the last play of the Ravens Niners mm-hmm. Super Bowl, where I could still see it today in my basement. Dave screaming at the television set that there should have been penalties on Ray Lewis's defense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's
0: another spot. Don't want to put my fingerprints all over the game. I mean, the 07 Super Bowl, you didn't have to deal with that because the Bears were kind of out of it, right, Mark? They were out of it from that kick. When kick was that? Turn. I remember. <laughs> but back to that Niners Ravens Super Bowl. I'm kind of jabbing you there. But that was another one where the mm. ref, I don't want to put my fingerprints on that
1: game. Yeah. There's also, should have been a. Uh Guy going over the line early. Mm -hmm. But, you know, exact same situation. um,
0: There were some people that thought Malcolm Butler made a little bit of contact with uh, the Seahawk receiver Mm -hmm. when he made his interception. And, of course, there's some of these calls where it's like, oh, that's just fans being fans. Yeah. Because the one thing I will say, there are, and I get that way, too. As fans, we get emotional. We are really emotional right off the bat. I am a huge fan. Huge, Like Donald Trump, when he says huge, kind of an emotional fan guy, where if there's a bad call, fuck the ref, blah, 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 this and that, that was a bad call. But then time takes over, Mm -hmm. and I kind of cool off. I'm like, okay, can see why he called it, let's move on kind of a thing. But I don't think... Sadly, I don't think there's any change in sight anytime soon
1: So the NFL. in, the official, no. in,
0: in officiating, and I, I even say that across the board. I don't I think, say that across the board, but mostly in the NFL.
1: I think that the NFL is far away from fixing this problem, and I think that just adding more reviews and more reviewable plays it's is going to make the game slower. It's going to make the game slower. It, you know, maybe they can sell some ads at first. But if anything, it reduces people's desire to watch it live, uh, to watch it on TV, as opposed to the millions of sites you can illegally mm-hmm. stream it. Um, and, and I think it's just going to cause more problems. This, what is the issue? Refs are making mistakes, so reviewing more things is just treating the symptom. You need to get to the core of the issue and fix the refs. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's and it. I'm not trying to blame everything on the refs because I know it's a very, very difficult job that it's they have. It's a
0: stressful job. Yeah. I couldn't do it.
1: No, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Um, but that's what the issue is. The issue is they're the ones making the mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm. And we'll, and
1: That's what needs to be fixed.
0: If you're a ref, you're expected to be perfect, and yeah. nobody's perfect. Nope, nope. But we're going to move on to our final topic. We're going to be talking about some Washington Redskins, who I'm sorry, Washington Redskins fans, that you hate me, but uh, I still stand by my draft grade for you guys of a D, so there's that. And we're going to be talking about RG3 and Mike Shanahan because Mike Shanahan came out with some comments today about a meeting that happened before RG3's second year. And I'm going to set this up a little bit, Mark, before I bring you into it according to a, a report from Jason Reed of the undefeated RG3 and owner Dan Snyder tried to change the playbook that uh, they tried to change the team's offense and eliminate several plays from the playbook back in February of 2013 and this was the mold Griffin into a pocket passing quarterback and not a running Griffin calls a meeting with both the Shanahans, I believe it was both the Shanahans, and he wrote four things on the board, kind of bullet points, one, two, three, and four. Number one, change things. Number two, change our protections. Number three, unacceptable. And number four, bottom line. Here's a little quote, I'm not going to say a little, here's a big quote for you from Shanahan. And after I'm done with it, I'm going to let you take it away. Sound like a deal, champ?
1: Mm, I guess I'll take it. I guess I'll take it. Here's what Shan- I don't think I have a choice here.
0: <laughs> Here's what Shanahan said, and I quote, When Robert is standing there, going through all of that, I know it's coming from Dan, meaning Snyder. When Robert talked about unacceptable, that was a word Dan used all the time. He was using phrases Dan used all the time. There's only one, guy, one way a guy who is going into his second year would do something like this. If he sat down with the owner and the owner believed that this is the way he should be used. He had to have full support from the owner and in my opinion, the general manager to even have a conversation like that. He just had the best year for a rookie quarterback in the history of the game. You got selected to the Pro Bowl. We went to the playoffs. We tried to get him to slide. We tried to get him to throw the ball away. If he told... If he had told me he was hurt, I would have taken him out of the playoff game to hear him. It was really incredible, end quote. So,
1: to to be clear, the coaching staff wanted him to be more of a pocket passer. And RG3 and Snyder wanted him to continue being mobile quarterback. That is correct?
0: From what everyone said, it was Dan Snyder and RG3... From what this report says, RG3 and Dan Snyder wanted him to be, they're trying to flip it. Mm -hmm. They're trying to say, well, you know, Dan Snyder and RG3 wanted me to be a pocket passer. When Shanahan said, he came into this meeting, and this is what RG3 said, he wanted to change to a pocket Mm -hmm. passer.
1: So, yeah, the coaching staff wanted to keep him as the mobile quarterback.
0: Yeah, but they still wanted to get him to slide and throw it away because that was his tools. Mm Mm-hmm. He was a mobile guy. He could use his legs.
1: That's the reason why he had that great mm-hmm. season for sure. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I kind part of me doesn't like this kind of slighted coach who's been kicked out, uh, kind of disgraced a little bit, and RG three definitely been disgraced quite a bit, losing mm-hmm. his job, getting kicked out of Washington, the uh, the you know the franchise that gave up so much to get him, and now he's in Cleveland. You know, part of me doesn't like that we're dragging all this stuff back up, and now we're going to talk about it. Well,
0: this all came out from—because that excerpt that I read mm-hmm. was from Jason Reed's book, The Undefeated. Yeah. So that's where all this is coming from. But
1: there was a tweet that pic, uh, posted a picture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, part of me doesn't like the fact that this is all coming back up right now. It's like, if we're not going to talk about it when it just happened, what's the point of talking about it at all? Um— but at the same time, it's very interesting. It just shows how dysfunctional that team was. Uh, they and went
0: to the playoffs.
1: They did, but the year before they mm-hmm. went to the playoffs. Um, they didn't go to the playoffs When the year that we're talking about right now. But it just kind of shows that that team was dysfunctional. It wasn't working. Um, it wasn't ever going to work after, after that first season, after the RG3 injury. And really, I, I think everybody in this situation is better off. You know that that situation just needed to end. Unfortunately, Snyder is still there in Washington. Um, I have made the comparison before, and I'm gonna make it again, that right now the Washington Redskins remind me of the Kansas City Chiefs flash in the pan season. Then they're gonna fall off and be a little less relevant. Maybe they'll bounce back like the Kansas City Chiefs have done. Um, but I definitely expect less out of Kansas City and out of Kirk Cousins. I'm not a believer in him. Uh, he can ask me if I like that as much as he wants, but the answer still remains: No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like that because you, I don't believe you like in that you. you like that, Mark. You like I, that? I don't. And I think, uh, unfortunately for for Kirk Cousins, we're going to be making fun of him a lot with that with that saying if he goes back to the Kirk Cousin of old, mm-hmm. not the one who just showed up out of nowhere. And finally looked decent after having time after time after time of ability (laughs) Mm -hmm. to take that job from RG3. He finally did it. Um, Yeah, I I don't expect that much out of him. I really don't.
0: Well, and the first thing I want to do is The Undefeated. I said it was a book. It's a website. It's Jason Reed's uh, article on Uh TheUndefeated.com where this came from, but... I'm gonna. I heard of this story today on Colin Cowherd, and you said something when you were talking about. I you said I don't like how this disgruntled coach now came back out with this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it kind of sparked into my head. I snapped back to what I heard on the herd today, and I totally agree with them. Right now, Shanahan is that boss that RG3 went over his head. I want to tell you guys this. Young kids listening out there, when you get a job, don't go over your boss's head. There's
1: very, very, very few times where that will work in your favor.
0: You want to know why you don't? Because people don't like... When the boss is the boss, the boss doesn't like when you go over his head because you're basically questioning his authority. And I I have no stories of telling you when going over the boss's head worked because i've never never gone over a boss's head however when i was listening to the herd today it was hilarious how he told it because he could say this now that he's with fox sports 1 but he was kind of like Tom Cowherd was like yeah i went over my boss's head he's like i only had to do it once and it was late in my career i was leaving the company anyways but my boss was a dimwit and I had to go over his head, and it ended up working out for me. But he's like, it didn't matter because I was leaving the company anyways, and now that guy's been replaced by two people already. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, is he talking about who I think he is? And then you want to know how he ends it? How's that? Yeah, I I left this job recently. Boom, he's talking about ESPN.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just it, I don't know. It doesn't work out. It, this, like I said, it really spells out the issues that Washington had. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if it really, it really does not paint RG three in a gotta, good color. This has
0: got to look bad for RG three coming into the season, especially after that press conference he had with the Browns. Uh-huh. I liked him after that. I liked the. I wanted to get the shirt that said "No pressure, no diamonds."
1: Um, I I just kind of my weird. The thing I felt about that. Because I watched that uh, press conference, too. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help but sit there and think, RG3's not going to be like... like You're acting like RG3's a franchise guy. He's not. We know he's not going to be a franchise guy. Of course, they didn't draft a quarterback, you know, number two overall like we thought they would. Uh, but it was just like, no, he's not going to be your franchise guy, so why are we doing this press conference? I don't know. I really don't... This whole situation, this whole story really kind of spells to the immaturity of RG3 that a lot of people took issue with.
0: And you want to know what... And
1: I I don't think it necessarily ends in Cleveland.
0: You want to know what Shanahan told Reed about that meeting, what he said to Dan Snyder afterwards? I do want to know. I said to Dan, do you realize what you're doing to this kid? Boom. Right there. Dan Snyder feeding the ego. Mm, Just feeding the ego. Because let's be honest, RG3 head his way in college football. Oh yeah. BMOC, Big Man on Campus, Baylor offense, high flying with the RG3 man at the helm. Mm-hmm. Gets to the NFL, rookie season, no problem. I'm the man, I'm Big Man on Campus again. Gets injured later on. And this is the thing, I I see it as it was one of those things where RG3 should have tried to be friend not be friend. Maybe that's not the word. He should have used the Shanahan as uh, his—Kyle or Mike, I'd go with the older one—as his mentor and not Dan Schneider, Mm -hmm. who was not making the play decisions, who did not have control over the playbook.
1: Yeah, for sure. Kind of a bad choice in that case, and it definitely uh, didn't work out for him. Because, you know, he he went with the the GM and thinking that the GM's going to be the guy saving his job— uh, and that was true well, GM for GM and
0: owner, because yeah. Snyder was the owner.
1: It definitely um, goes with the, I want my job to be safe, and it worked for a while. But after a while, without the success, because you're not gelling with any of the coaches, that goes away, and the goodwill goes away, and so- suddenly Kirk Cousins is starting to win some games, and they go, yep, r three, sorry, you're out here. Mm-hmm. You're old news. Very quick to turn on you. Very quick to kind of rat you out in the in this situation. And it's just... I don't know. I, I really, I don't think we really get anything out of RG3 in Cleveland. I think he'll show some some signs, maybe, of some decentness, but overall, I don't expect that much out of him.
0: Does Cody Kessler start this season at some point?
1: Probably. There's a good chance it's because of injury, because Kirk Cous—I mean, not Kirk Cousins, but uh, RG3 gets injured Basically every year. The
0: same guy, right?
1: Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean it took Kirk Cousins <laughs> forever to actually steal that job from him. And he should it was served to him on a silver platter. God, I every love. season. I,
0: I would love if Kirk Cousins laid a dud this year.
1: I don't expect that he won't because more times than not, he has not been that great. This season was just the one one and only so far. You and know, it could be it could know, be that it's just great all of a sudden. You know it
0: would be great, and this is because I kinda hate the Redskins now. But uh what would be amazing if this turned into the um, Matt Flynn, except it wasn't just a game and he didn't leave the team. Yeah. He did great, got a huge contract, and then sucked. Mm-hmm. Just sucked it up. Was
1: this the contract that Matt Flynn tweeted about? I think it was. This one where he was like, wow. Yeah. All that? That's a little much. And yeah. that was coming from Matt Flynn. Because
0: Matt Flynn got overpaid after he had that yeah. game. Uh, By
1: Seattle. Seattle Seattle, him.
0: yeah. Uh, and then he was lost it Seattle or was it the Raiders?
1: It was Seattle. It he was. lost the job That's to Russell right. Wilson. Then That's he went right. to Oakland and lost it to Ter- Terrell Pryor, <laughs> basically. Or I think it was actually Derek Carr. It might have been Derek Carr. I don't really know who he lost the job to in Oakland. I don't remember. But yeah, it just didn't work out. Well,
0: I, he's got the no. It's the franchise tag, nineteen million franchise tag okay that's what he's got this year
1: still a lot of money maybe yeah. that's not who Matt Flynn was laughing at in that case no uh, about that because he's got
0: but still 19 million dollars for Kirk Cousins Fucking insane yeah what was it he was making less at least sub. it's only one year though they said what on ESPN' was, um, this salary was like more than three he was making minimum wage uh-huh. last year
1: minimum wage he was guys. making like eight an hour he was
0: making like third stringer money yeah. last
1: year well basically I mean he essentially was um yeah he was pretty pretty. When low you're a starting chart.
0: quarterback and you're making sub one million, get out of town, brah. Yeah. You must not be that good. But now he's making nineteen uh nineteen million. At the end of the year, here's the last question I'll leave you yeah. on the podcast. Last thing I will leave you with. RG three at the end of the season. Do we forget this story or does it sit with him the whole year?
1: No, I think we're gonna forget this story. I think the reason we're gonna forget it is because he just had a bad year. And it's going to be, okay. all right, well, it's time for Cleveland to move on again.
0: Well, that's going to do it for the onside kick this week. Got a little bit of house cleaning for you guys. Some videos you got to go check out. Go check out our way too early mock draft. And for you football slash NFL guys, go check out Sean's mock draft on the NBA side. Also, check out our interview with Melissa from shoein.com. One of our sponsors for one of our videos she did a little interview to let you guys know exactly what Shuwin is. It's a great app. Go check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. I want to thank everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at The with two E's. Mark Weber dubbed them E's. And at Most Valuable Pod is at Most Valuable Podcaster. You know what I mean. At Most Valuable Pod is the Twitter handle and the Snapchat handle. Go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button. Hit that heart and repost on SoundCloud. If you want to give that little extra support, hit up our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Last time, I'll thank you for listening to this podcast today. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.